is the Stagger Podcast. Those guys are idiots. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. Coming to you live from State Route 257 in Ohio. I am Derek Smith. That's Driving. right. Uh, work is free. work has got uh, Derek driving around this week. He is out in the uh, out in the world. So uh, we're doing this one a little bit on the phone. We've got plenty to talk about today. We're going to actually talk some more Formula One uh, because that was fun last week, and there were some more interesting happenings at the uh, Sakir Grand Prix in Bahrain. So we will talk about that. Uh, we will also talk about uh, the guy who had the uh, tremendous, scary wreck at Bahrain last week, Romain Grosjean. Uh, he has uh, talked to the media, so we'll let you hear a little bit of what he had to say about that. But uh, before we do anything else, Derek, I think we got to talk about probably the biggest news story of the week, which is Matt DiBenedetto from the World of NASCAR uh, tweeted this out uh, just a few hours ago before we're recording this. He said, well, I've had the hiccups for five straight hours now. This has been fun. I've tried every trick in the book that I know of or can Google search and then a crying emoji. So uh, and we have no further update on how his hiccups are going. So as I'm going to assume until I hear otherwise that Matt Benedetto still has the hiccups and we yep. need to figure out how to help him. Absolutely. And so do you have any suggestions for getting rid of hip hiccups for Matt Benedetto? I mean, like scaring someone is usually a good yeah. idea, right? Yeah. Scaring someone is a really good idea. So, Matt, if you're listening. Five to go. Denny's three cars back. <laughs> yeah, because he's finished, he's lost to Denny a couple times. I, well, I a mean, couple times. Yeah. Lots of lots of people have lost to Denny, but I'm saying like he's yeah. he's finished like second a couple times to Denny Hamlin. So yeah, yeah that might be yeah. scary. Or maybe like another one would be uh, Brad Keselowski really wants to race with the Wood Brothers next year. Maybe that would like scare him too. I don't know. I'd, that's not that's yeah. not fair to Maddie D. Oh, we know, like Maddie No, I know what'll scare. I know what'll scare him. Maybe embarrassing could could. It's not scaring, but embarrassment could cause it. It just picture Larry Mack saying his last name. You got Matt or, or you saying his last name because you also struggle Matt to say his last De name. Benedetto. <laughs> De Benedetto. Yeah. Matty D. You have screwed that up more than once this year, but that's all right. Dibs. It's okay. Dibs. Yeah. My Dibs. guy, by the way, helped me win my uh, fantasy league. Shout out to the Dick Trickle Racing Fantasy League. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good pickup for me. He, he did well this year. looking on your desk? Oh, it's Looks beautiful. Good. I got my Dick. Beautiful. Got my Dick Trickle 124th. Heiligmeier Ford Taurus sitting right here enjoying it looking at it right now so uh, the spoils of victory what can I say yeah, yeah I like to brag all right so that's uh our guy Matty D we hope he's well hope he gets his hiccups done also for what it's worth we'll give him a shout out Matt Benedetto started a racing podcast called not another racing podcast so <laughs> great so thanks for that Matt way to cut into our market share we appreciate yeah, that I mean um, I mean it's it, that, that's why actually we're talking about formula uh yeah, because Ooh. we need to diversify. That's right. Because now he started his, his he started his uh, podcast up. So now we know between Cora LaJoy's and yeah, Ryan we're, we're not going to compete. That's that's it. We're not yeah. going to compete with those guys. Like so we can totally compete with the MRN guys. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, we we or no, the PRN PRN, PRN we the can sports reporters. Yeah, yeah, come get it. Performance I'm Racing Lang, Network. And here's what I'm going to talk about. And Come. then I'm Jim Otter, and here's what I'm going to talk about. First of all, Claire B. Lang, my gal. I have nothing but respect it's for, for the It's not Claire. Guy. Who's the – no, there's a girl. It's like a It's a couple. Like I a don't. female oh. and a male reporter. 
that are always on that like sports reporters knockoff show that PRN does. You're not talking about like, like seven, you're not talking about like Mike Skinner and his wife. I think no, they do a podcast. No, I think no, she. Oh, I forget. Gosh, I forget no. her name, but I think she does a podcast. Like no, uh, well, 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 his well, his uh, son does a podcast, but you got to go on uh, Parlor to find that. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, true enough. True enough. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but for what it's worth, Maddie, this is true. Like we tell people this, like, you know, we're not trying to compete with the guys like the race car drivers who have their own podcast, the NASCAR guys like go listen to those. They're he, Matt DiBenedetto. We had, listen to him. Yeah. Matt DiBenedetto just had Haley Deegan on. They're going to talk about stuff and he's going to get better guests than we are because he knows all these people. But, you know, what we're trying to do is have a discussion, not just about NASCAR, but about all the forms of racing that we love in this country and even some abroad, like we're going to talk about F1 in a second. Uh, but we just, we, we like the fact that we aren't in the sport in that way, because then we can just say what we want. We don't have to worry about stepping on anyone's feelings. You can make a joke about, yeah, Mike Skinner's son being a terrible person. Like, see, that's, that's the fun stuff we can do. So we're happy to do that. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, back to Benedetto. No hard cards are going to be revoked. No passes. <laughs> Uh, we don't have to scout out of some PR rep from yeah. Daytona Beach or Charlotte. That's which, right. You know, hey, if you want to send us to a racetrack, I mean, heck, you got guys from uh, from an organization from Boston or Philly, wherever they're at now, that don't know a thing about NASCAR coming out to the races. Hey, I mean, we'll be happy to come out and actually, we know the sport, and we know the drivers, and we know the fans, and be totally irreverent as, as well. Yeah, so. that's right. Well, and we can buy our own tickets too. We'll just go, oh, we'll yeah, watch yeah. it, and then we'll tell you what's up, and that's how it yeah. goes. So, Look but, for the but... two chubby guys in, in Stagger Fire Seats. <laughs> that's a callback from the last oh, episode. Oh, God, I don't I don't ever – yeah, I know. I don't ever want to Stagger Fire <laughs> They've got to be black. They've yeah. got to be black. They can't be white. It'd be like oh. sweat stained in the first lap oh, or two. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad. We'd be, we'd be sweating all over the place. By the way, if you would like to help people find this podcast, one way you can do that is to promote it on whatever social media you use, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'd appreciate that. But the biggest thing you can do is subscribe to it and leave us a review on whatever podcast app, especially if it's Apple Podcasts. That's like the best one to leave a review on. Go there, hit subscribe, and leave a review for us. That'll help people find the podcast. So uh, that would yeah. be like our holiday gift to us from you. That would be – we'd appreciate that if you did that. That's That'd be great. And we will give you – Absolutely nothing but a high five and maybe well, a shout out on the podcast. Maybe. You know what? I maybe actually, a retro die cast. You maybe. know what? I actually just had come into the uh, Stagger Studios, a Lake Speed, Nebraska sponsored die cast. I oh, found one. Maybe, maybe that'll be a giveaway here soon. If I, yeah, we'll maybe. figure out a way to give that away. We'll do that. Uh, I don't know. Would anybody want that? Let us know. Tweet at us at Stagger Podcast if you would like the, uh, the Nebraska sponsored Lake Speed car. It's it's just a one uh sixty four. It's not a big one. It's just a tiny one. Yeah. But it's in the package. It's pretty cool. And they never actually raced that car, but it did get, I guess, made enough that they got some promo photos of it and they uh they put they're it on in a little diecast. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, back in the day when diecast I mean diecasts are still they're coming back just like baseball cars and all sorts of stuff. But I mean, there was a time where like you could just print Five thousand diecasts. You know you're going to sell them. Yeah, oh, the big so like, ones too. Yeah, not just the, the one sixty four. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and yeah, the big ones. Yeah, you just now it's like you got to pre order and you got to wait like six months to. And then I think I canceled the the card that I ordered like one of the Bubba Wallace uh, mm-hmm. diecasts on. So I actually never got it because it just like one day just said your order's been canceled because your card no longer is on file or exists. I'm like, oh, 
huh oh that one i bought in may yeah i forgot about that <laughs> yeah oh now they're printing in november oh got you right yeah yeah it's yeah, it's I'm, a it's I'm, a weird I'm, deal yeah. a weird yeah. deal for sure <laughs> Um, so, all right, let's talk about, uh, the F1 race, which that was pretty interesting. Uh, the Sakir Grand Prix, Sergio Perez of Racing Point gets the victory. Uh, and, and the podium was equally, I mean, pretty great, right? You have Racing Point taking two of the three spots with Lance Stroll coming in third and Esteban Ocon with Renault second. Now, you might say, well, what happened to, like, Max Verstappen and the Mercedes drivers? Well, obviously, uh, Lewis Hamilton wasn't in this race. He was out with COVID. But that didn't seem to matter because George Russell, who got the shout, which you you talked about him last week saying he's the guy who deserves to get the opportunity, he got it, and he looked the part, man, driving that Mercedes that Lewis Hamilton has taken to so many victory lanes, he he got right in there and seemed to have no issues with it, uh, was out in front, doing well. They had a caution come out, or a caution, yeah. sorry, safety, safety car. car, safety car come out, and that's when it all went to hell for Mercedes, didn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, well, let's go back to the beginning of the race. He, he got a chance to actually... Uh, sorry, I'm just changing lanes here, being a safe driver. Um, he, got a, he had a chance to to he was on the second starting spot beat his teammate to the first turn and thank goodness because by like the third or fourth turn you had a ferrari a red bull and a racing point car of sergio perez so (laughs) that's right they all got they all got wrecked yeah yeah so what happened is uh charles leclerc um of ferrari he basically just the equivalent of a door slam uh went wheel to wheel and if you see the slow-mo you see like what I thought was Sergio Perez having suspension breaking because his car, like there was a tire touching the ground at all times, but it wasn't like on the same axle. So it was like the front left and the right rear. Yeah. And then like the left rear and the right front, like, cause he's just bouncing cause he just got slammed. Well, and, then and, and that, that was because, yeah, because Charles Leclerc locked up the brakes trying yep. to make the turn and like there was a lane for him, but he just didn't yep. have the angle on it. And Perez yeah. gave him room to let him go through there. And he just, he so he slammed into the back of uh Sergio Perez but hit him like flush on the wheel so it wasn't like off center off balance didn't break the suspension didn't break anything on Sergio no. Perez's car but definitely tore up uh Charles Leclerc's Ferrari and, yeah, and Verstappen and, uh, had a, he, he couldn't yeah. stop either and he ended up into the into the marbles the and up in the wall yeah. and that was done for him so two of the best drivers out early in that and, race and that's yeah, that's one of those wrecks that you typically see, like down in the McLaren, uh, AlphaTauri, the uh, you know those, those the yeah, mid pack cars. Yeah, I don't want to call McLaren a mid pack car. I know they're coming back from where they were a couple years ago, but you're you definitely get it. I mean, it's like it, either you're the Russells, uh, the Williams cars, the Haas cars. They're too slow to get caught up in wrecks, or you're like you know you're uh, the top two teams that are the you know Red Bull and Mercedes are outpacing the field. And then it's like the, everyone in the middle is suspect to get like trashed yeah. uh, in the first turn or two, yeah. uh, just because it's it's four the one. It's the most exciting start slash restart, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's the most exciting start in motorsports, mm-hmm. I think. Sort Absolutely. of maybe. I mean, some two old guys could argue the motocross is pretty cool. It's a similar concept, a standing start where you got a way too many people trying to get in a way small spot. So it's very similar to like motocross in that in that sense, but yeah. Um, hey, IndyCar, what do you think about most exciting start in motorsports? They're like, ah, as, like, as we're, the we're mayor good of with, in, we're good ask with rolling the mayor starts. Of Indianapolis, 
Yeah, ask the mayor of Indianapolis with that one. I, I was at that race when Sebastian Savedra stalled this in the was, first pole position. For people who don't know, we're talking about yeah. the Grand Prix of Indy where they had they used to do a standing start and they all just wrecked the hell out of each other. And it just... Well, they all went except for the lead car, which poses a problem. <laughs> as the first three or four call, cars realize it, but car 10's like, I'm going to win this race, bam, right yeah. in the back of Savedra. And parts of the, of the car go flying up in the flag stand where I believe the Grand Marshal was the mayor of Indianapolis. Oh, wow. Um, okay, I didn't know like that. that. So, yeah, or mayor of Speedway, I don't know. But it was some political figure that got hit hit with shrapnel. Oh, so geez. I think they realized it, it, they should have done it like, you know, like Formula One where you, you do the lights in case someone does wreck on the main stretch. No one's out there, you know. Right, like, yeah. Everyone's behind a cage that protects them from shrapnel coming in, you know. Yeah, that um, would have been a good idea. Would yeah, would have been would have been insightful. Fifteen feet above, yeah, yeah, or at least get yeah. a celebrity that like no one cares about anymore. Like, find I don't know, like uh, I don't know what, what's uh, what's the guy who played? What's Dolph Lundgren doing? You know, like uh, old, old last uh, night. Last night I saw a Dolph Lundgren uh, lookalike was trying to challenge Logan Paul or whatever that Jake, whoever the guy that no one likes, Jake Paul, whatever, yeah, the YouTuber guy, yeah. He was challenged into a fight last time I heard. But, Just saying, um, get, get I must break you, dude, from Rocky Four. That's what I'm I talking about. You. Yeah, come on. I mean, get Ivan Drago out there. To, and, and you know what? He's used to it. He's been a, he's been in movies where they throw stuff at him and are firing stuff at him. He's a, he's like a big action star. So yeah, let's yeah. let Dolph Lundgren wave that flag next time, Indy Car. Let's figure Absolutely. that out. Uh, all right, yeah. so back to F one or, or Governor Mike Pence. That could, that could work out too. I mean, he's, he's a dignitary. <laughs> well, you, you never know. I, mean, I, no, just, I don't think I don't have... think the vice president would be would be out for that. I think no, he might. Well, at he the might time, show. he was the governor, and he's oh, been in Indianapolas okay. multiple times. He's an Indy five hundred fan. Sure, I mean, say what you sure. want about the guy. At least he's an Indy five hundred fan. I respect him for that. But yeah, let him get up on there and see what. You know, see what he happens. doesn't fear much of anything, so see what happens. You know? There you go. Um, all right. <laughs> so we've got the uh, so the issues at the at the start of the race. So Sergio Perez goes to the very back of the running yep. field. There are a couple guys behind him that were just out, but if the cars were running, he was dead last. And then he starts making it up because Racing Point, this just in, they're actually really good this year for the yeah. mid-pack cars. And mid-pack is everybody that's not – Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull, like everybody else. Yeah, Ferrari's now a mid-pack team. Well, no, but from the money standpoint and from the technology yeah, standpoint, from the money, Ferrari yeah. has been, those are the top three teams, even oh, yeah. though, yeah, Ferrari's had their issues, absolutely. But Racing Point's been the looking like the class of the field from everybody else, and and his car, his driving, it proved it, man. He came all the way up through the field in that race. That was something epic to watch. Absolutely, it was. It was. Uh, it was fantastic to see, and I, I just love it when the sparks fly at Charlotte. When the sparks fly at any any night race, it's always like a cool aesthetic, and sparks are flying all over the place at Bahrain. But as we were talking before about George Russell, he led fifty plus laps to eighty seven. I want to say, and one of the safety cars, I believe it was a Williams car, spun and ripped the front nose off. And put some shrapnel on the road, and on that virtual safety car, or that safety car, I should say, that's where he picked up a puncture and had to come in. Um, yeah. So he, he he had to come in. So he was behind the eight ball, ended up coming out like 15th, worked his way back up into the points, which is the only took the top 10 get points in Formula One, and he hadn't gotten a point all year. And uh, so you got his first chance to make a point, but when you're sitting there with a the win in your hands, or at least a podium. Um, it's gutting. Well, he, I mean, by all, by all rights, gutted. it was not anything that to his, to your point, it was not anything to his driving that, that caused him yeah. not to win. 
it was it was in the pits. They decided to to stack the the pit stop, meaning that you know George Russell pulls in first, and the pit stops in Formula One, of course, take two seconds when they go right. Yeah. So you you stack it, you bring him in. It's two seconds. It's all under a safety car, so you're not losing a lot of track position. And then the same guys are you know doing the same pit stop. Basically, Botas is sitting right behind him. Just then he rolls in, and the way they screwed this up was. Number one, they didn't they they couldn't get the tires right on Russell's car at first. Then they send him out, and then they took Botas's tires. They put they took like tires off Russell's car and put them on Botas's car, and they put Botas's tires on Russell's car, like not not his used <laughs> ones, but the ones that they were meant for him. So they were they were all off on their strategy. They I think <clears throat> both had to come back in, yep. or, or at least Russell did. And I don't think Botas. I don't know if he. If he, he did not have pace afterwards. No, because his tires were terrible. Yeah. So he he yeah. had like all. I mean, it's one of the biggest screw ups you're ever going to see for a pit crew. And I I kind of can't blame the the guys on the sitting there actually doing the pit stop in some aspect of it because it was just such a bang bang decision. And then they're trying to get the tires off and they're doing this all in two seconds. It was just it was a cluster. If I, like. Total yeah. Total Wolf should probably be bearing some of the blame for that, well, right? Like, just yeah, but well, for think, that well, think call. About this. Think about this, though. It is something that a lot of teams do implement a strategy like that, especially when you're want, running back and forth with another. You do gap maybe five to ten more seconds, so you have enough yes. time to get the fresh tires out there and to to be ready to go. But it's not unheard of to do a basically a double stop with your whole team, right? And with the same pit crew. The problem is. Is that like when you do that? I mean, that that's shades of Haas at Australia a couple of years ago. That was famous on the Netflix series. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so somewhere on the paddock, Haas F one's team principal uh, Gunther Steiner's looking oh. and uh, la- chuckling a little bit. Well, that was uh, like a guys. that that one was like a minute long. That stop you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that stop. Yeah, yeah. They were but like... I mean, for Mercedes, like you think about it, and it's like I mean, they don't have to probably make those drastic. Because Lewis Hamilton is usually up by 20 seconds, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they do drop a drop a tire or something, it takes five more seconds. It's not good. It makes it more exciting. It's like, oh, the Mercedes has a problem in pit road. Now the gap's only 10 seconds. Can Vettel or can Verstappen, you know, advance? It's you know, and that's what the the drama becomes. You know, will they take off enough time to you know, yada yada yada. So, or will he have to come back in? Can he make it? You know, yeah, on sure. a soft tire, like. I think one of the races, the race that Lewis Hamilton won his seventh championship in just a few weeks ago, he ended up, um, he, he really honestly didn't, should have come in for a pit. Like, strategy would say the tire's not going to last as long. Well, he made them last long enough to not have to come in for a pit stop. Yeah. He, did his first, he did his mandatory tire stop, but he let like, the mediums. It should have been like a, a three-stop tire, a three stop strategy, and he turned into a two and ended up winning. So, I mean, it, it, there's you don't usually have these pit stop issues because you don't, you're not forced into them by the driver or the track or the situation, of the team. Yeah. It With, was, it was, uh, a, it was yeah. a very unique situation for sure, but it's one that they screwed up and they're Mercedes and no one's going to feel bad for them because no. <laughs> they've, they've had so many, they've done so many things. Well, it's almost fun to kind of watch them screw up. It just sucks that it didn't happen to like, no. And not that I wanted to happen to Lewis Hamilton necessarily, but he can shrug that off. He, he's seven time world champion, eight time world champion, whatever he is like, you know, yeah. George Russell, this is his one possible chance to to experience that. It sucks that it screwed it up for him. That's the yeah. that's the weird thing is I'm feeling the feels for Mercedes, even though I don't feel for Mercedes. Like I feel for George Russell. You feel for George Russell, yeah. I mean, did you hear what Toto Wolf said after the race? 
I didn't all right, know. Uh, all right, Cinderella, it's time to go get your mop. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in a joking fashion. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's... Well, I don't I mean, know. But, if I'm Cinderella, I'm like, hey, evil stepmother, how about you learn how to <laughs> freaking sew up a pit stop? How about that? Like, yeah, yeah. Don't make me yeah. do all the work, and then you guys screw it up with the ugly stepsisters. My God, yeah, like, we're going to make references. Yeah. Let's get one that doesn't actually reflect how dumb they were on that day but yeah well, i know i, I know it's I just a it, joke it and that's fine it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that george russell drives for mercedes with the williams team yeah that valtteri botas has underwhelmed uh mercedes management with the fact that lewis always beats them um pretty much every race in, in close qualifying and in the final result and now you've got a situation where russell comes in yes into the top williams car but he comes in um and dominates the race and passes Botas on the first lap mm-hmm. and outpaces him, gets him, gets out of DRS zone. I mean that that you know he has to build a second up before two laps goes by in order to uh, to make sure that there's no gap. You know, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, it, that's, it was, that's a it's a good showing for George Russell. And I guess that's one yeah. other question I want to ask you: Do you think it's wrong for people to say, well, any old driver could just hop into a Mercedes? to that Mercedes to Lewis Hamilton. Does this diminish Lewis Hamilton's accomplishments in any way in your mind? Or does it speak to the fact that a guy like George Russell just is super talented as well? And this shows you how much equipment matters, but you still have to be talented to drive those to to drive a car that well that is that good. Like where do you fall on that? I, I think there is a little truth to that, but just in the sense that if you put just about any driver in one of the top NASCARs um, or the top IndyCar team you're going to have better results. But, I mean, a top 10 finish would be a failure for George Russell on that day. You, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So if he and was that's, not that's, an addict, yeah. like, like, I mean, what, I mean, without pit road incidents, anything like that, I'm just saying like in general. But if if he had gone up there, you know, lost spots on the start, lost, you know, this and that here and there, and was basically just coming in uh, like, hey, I made eighth place. This is great. This is an awesome experience. That's your only time driving that car. Congratulations. No, I, yeah. I hope you had a fun time. Right. But the fact that he dominated shows <laughs> that he has the talent, the skill. I mean, he's taken a, a trash Williams car up to 11th and 12th place so often this year. It's been an accomplishment in and of itself. But the fact that Formula One doesn't reward that with any sort of points, you know, shows you how tough it is to even get one point when yeah. you're in a bad car. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, it's I it's mean, it's gutting for him. It is hopeful that he. Yes, hopefully he'll get a look at that Mercedes ride if Botas is shown the door. One other thing I found interesting about him very quickly, uh, mm-hmm. George Russell is seen as this like young up and comer, like good driver, and he is. But uh, he is 22 years old. He will turn 23 in February, uh, just about six months after Max Verstappen, who just turned 23. So yeah, like it's so interesting to put that in perspective of like George Russell is seen as this new face that could come in and be really epic and have a, a tremendous run there with Mercedes potentially. He is six months younger than Max Verstappen, who's already like a well-established you know multiple grand prix winning driver like it's 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 very interesting just to see how those fortunes can be based on where you go how you get your start who you get hooked up with quickly very interesting i I find that Mm -hmm. to be fascinating but yeah so a good a good uh a good grand prix there uh at bahrain for the shakira grand prix Prix. that was fun i keep wanting to call it the shakira grand prix shakira shakira Shakira. that's not it hips don't lie Hips don't lie, and you know what else doesn't lie is the fact that it's cold where I'm at, and I forgot to bring a hat today, so looks like I'm going to be uh, cold in a popsicle, so I better go 
get started with what I'm doing for the day. I'm gonna be outside a lot today. Yeah, buddy. So. All right, enjoy. Fun time. Enjoy. <laughs> enjoy the grind, man. And whoa, we will talk yeah. to you next week. But uh, appreciate so, it. Yeah. So Derek's gonna take off, but we're not done on the Stagger Podcast. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk a little bit more about Formula One and uh, Romain Grosjean. He had some words about his scary incident at Bahrain. We'll do that next. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. Derek will uh, join us again next week. Actually, the the plan this week was to air our episode where we talked about our top five broadcasters in racing. Uh, but because of some of the stuff that happened in Formula One and just the way it worked out, we thought we'll push that back for another week. Um, <laughs> who knows, man? Maybe there'll be another interesting storyline this week at Abu Dhabi, the the you know, final race of the year for Formula One. Maybe something gigantic will happen in NASCAR or IndyCar. Don't know. But if it does, we might amend that plan again and push it back. We're flexible here at the Stagger Podcast. But assuming it's uh, nothing too groundbreaking, we will probably do that podcast next week that has our uh, discussion with some of our buddies about the top five broadcasters in racing. Uh, yeah, it was like over an hour discussion. So we, we had a lot of fun with that. I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, but meanwhile, while we're working on that, uh, I wanted to give you this before we, you know, move on uh because i think this is a, a pretty interesting bit of audio this comes from romaine grosjean who of course many of you are aware uh you know longtime f1 driver racing for haas uh he is out after this year not because of the wreck that he just had that was the plan anyway uh so romaine grosjean these are some some words that he had uh after doing an interview with sky sports uh, in, in England, they, uh, they got a hold of him and talked to him and, and the video is pretty striking. He is sitting there in his Haas F1 team gear. He has his hands all bandaged up because of the burns that were on his hands, which he will talk about, you know, this, but this is his description. It's about a, a few minute listen here, his description of what it was like to be in the car and what was going through his mind. And I thought I would play this for you and we'll kind of talk about it as we go through it. So here you go. Here's Romain Grosjean in his own words. Straight away, when, when movement stops, open my eyes, and the first thing I did, undo the seatbelt, try to remove the wheel, it was gone, so at least one less concern, and then try to jump out. But the flames are already erupting all so around you. Initially, if I take through from that point, it's 28 seconds, but for me it looks more like 1 minute 30, and you will see through the explanation. So it stops, I open my eyes, undo the seatbelt, steering wheel gone, and I leave. I want to jump out and I hit something on top of my helmet. I feel I hit something, so I sit back down and say, I must be upside down against the barrier, so I will, uh, I will wait that they come and help me. So I sit back down and I look on the right and I look on the left and then I say, oh, it's all orange, that's, that's strange. Few things, is it sunset? No, it's not sunset. Is the light from the circuits? No. Also the tear off starts to melt. So, oh, it's fire. Okay, no, I don't have time that um, they come, so. All right, I'm pausing it there. So Romain Grosjean is saying, I was sitting in the car and thought, is that the sunset? Is that the lights from the circuit? Oh, no, it's fire. I must get out. Like, like the the calmness that these Formula One drivers have in the face of just abject terror, which, by the way, driving a Formula One car would scare the ever-loving bleep out of you, me, and everybody else probably that we know right these guys have nerves of steel as it is just to get in these cars let alone to go through something like that so just just again how he's processing this in the moment is fascinating to me but here's more of Romain Grosjean this time I tried to go up a bit more to the right doesn't work go back down try a bit more to the left doesn't work so I sit back down and then 
then there's a bit of swearing going on. And I said, no, I can't, I can't finish like this. I can't finish like this. I thought about Niki Lauda. To me, it was, it's funny, it's the, the one that, the driver that I love the most to history of Formula One. And I said, no, no, I can't finish like Niki. Can't finish like this. Cannot be my last race. It cannot be my last race. So I try again. I'd like to point out here, because I'm stopping it again. His fear at this time, again, this is all happening in a few seconds, but his fear at this time is, I don't want to be like Nicky Lauda. I don't want this to be my last race. Not dying in the race car. He That is not entering his mind at this point. He's just saying, I don't want this to be the last time I'm in a car because I'm severely burned, which is just striking that this is the process he's going through. But here, here's more of the I'm process. Stuck. And, there, and then comes the path, which is the less funny one. Funny is not the word, but the most scary one is, is I sit back down, all my muscle relaxes, almost not have a smile, but in peace with myself, thinking I'm dead, I will die, and then I thought, which part's gonna burn first? Is it the foot, is it the hands, is it gonna be painful? Uh, very, very strange feeling, you know, I think, you know, sometimes we, we are close to death, we're a bit scared, this time death for me was was here and I, I named it Benoit don't ask me why I just I just had to put a name on it and, and, and I call it Benoit and, and, and then I don't know if that moment allowed me to recover a bit get my brain try to find another solution I thought about my kids and I said no I cannot die today for my kids I cannot die. I've got to see them and then I had the idea to to twist my head like this go up and turn my body and it works but then my foot is stuck on the on, uh, on the pedal so I've got to go back down in the car pull as hard as I can on my on my left leg I mean the shoe stayed where, where my foot was and my foot came out and then I do it again and I went through and the shoulder went through and at the time I knew the shoulder had passed the, the halo part I was going to leave you know I, I know I've got two of my hands on the fire on the halo, I can I can see my gloves. They're red normally. They start going full black, and and I can feel the pain and the burn. But I'm going up. Then I jump on the barrier, and then I feel Ian that pulls on my on my overall, and then that is an extraordinary feeling. When when he pulls me, I'm like there's someone with me. I'm alive. And, and, and I'm going to have, and then, and then it, I feel like on my back, they, they touch me, so I'm like, oh, am I on fire? You know, I'm a, I'm a walking, I'm, I'm on fire from the back. And then Ian talks to me, he says, sit down, sit down, you know, very, as you would with anyone that could have had a concussion or so on. And, and I gave him, I say, talk to me normally. <laughs> so I guess from that point, he knew I was, I was okay. So there you go. That is, uh, Truly a miracle, a walking miracle, and Romain Grosjean being able to get out of that accident. And uh, I found that part, and I this is kind of why I wanted to play it for you. I wanted you to hear his whole words in context. Like, the fact that this man in this moment is is every sports cliche we hear, and we see it a lot in racing, we see it a lot in life, right, with big-time executives or you know, rah-rah speeches where you work, or of course, like I said, in, in sports is where a lot of this comes from. This notion that when it's the, when the chips are down and when something is going wrong, the only way to respond and the only thing that goes through the elite people's minds is that 
I will overcome no matter what. Nothing will stop me. I will figure this out. I am the best I can get through anything. No one will ever see a weakness in me. Romain Grosjean is one of the best drivers in the world. You can compare him to other Formula One drivers, of course, and he has, you know, certainly had some great accomplishments. He has also had some disappointments in the last few years. But as far as in the world of auto racing, he is one of the top probably 30 or 40 humans on the planet right now driving a car. He is one of the elites. So that's a guy who you could easily say has that mentality. And yet he tells you in this moment where it's not just about winning a race, it's about living, <laughs> living or dying. He said that he in these moments had thoughts that I have to just give up. There's nothing I can do. I can't overcome this. And he had a piece about himself, he said at first, and like his muscles relaxed. And he had that moment where he said he named the fire, or the the impending death that was coming for him. He was rationally thinking about it. And then obviously he thought to his family and his kids and that, as, as many of us know who have, you know, uh, that situation in our lives, like it's a huge motivator to get yourself back up off the mat, no matter what it is, um, whether you have, you know, kids looking at you, your wife, whatever, and yeah, people that care about you, right? They're, they're, they're good motivators in life. Um, so he, he then found a way to get out, but I appreciated the candidness there from Romain Grosjean, from Romain Grosjean to say, I didn't have the fighter's mentality every single second of that battle for my life. You know what I mean? Like that to me is refreshing because I don't know how many times in life I have had situations where something's kicked me in the gut life has been sucky or whatever's happened. And I need a moment to just go, this is brutal. I don't know if I'm going to get through this, you know? And then you hear from the people who, you know, the guy on Instagram, who's got, you know, 4 million followers and is always holding up stacks of money or big Rolex watches. And, you know, th those guys are fake, a lot of it, but, but they, they exude this confidence of like, I never doubt myself. Never do I doubt anything. We're humans, man. It's okay to doubt. And it's it's very refreshing to hear an elite athlete, someone who's at the top of his profession, say, yeah, when it came to not just something like winning a race or, or being a champion, when it came to actually trying to live or die, I had to pause for a moment and think, can I get out of this situation? Can I find a way to keep going? I think that is very poignant for 2020. I think that is a message probably a lot more people need to hear than are going to hear it. But uh, if it resonated with you like it did with me, I hope this is meaningful to you because uh, I was I was thoroughly impressed by him. And I will always be a Romain Grosjean fan uh, because of that moment, um, not not him surviving a fire, but the moment where he he was able to acknowledge and be vulnerable in front of the world in front of, you know, Sky Sports is not exactly a small sports network in, in Europe and around the world to have that moment on camera and just say, this is what I was thinking and not just put the false bravado on. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him on that. So uh, I know it's a little heavy, but I, I hope that is as meaningful to you as it was to me when I heard that interview, because I thought it was uh, pretty tremendous. So yeah, good stuff there. And for what it's worth with Romain Grosjean, uh, there has been some news about him in regards to possibly driving again. So what was going to happen with him, uh, he, was, he was not going to be back with Haas, um, he was going to look possibly at IndyCar. The, the word was that 
he wanted to sign a contract at IndyCar, find a way to go racing in 2021. Uh, but he says a lot of that has changed because of the because of the wreck. Um, he said priorities are a bit different. If I don't race in 2021, I'll be cycling, kite surfing, spending time with my kids, enjoying life, and having time off, which I didn't have since I am 17, probably. Um, he talked about how uh, it's not just his job that he takes his risk that he takes he has to consider what he puts his family through his parents his kids his friends uh he said for you know two and a half minutes they thought i was dead um this is what i'm thinking about this is what made me cry uh that i made people suffer to that extent so again like the 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 racer mentality is i gotta get back in that car as quickly as possible Romain Grosjean to say, I, I had to think about the other people and I have to, and I am thinking about the other people and I have to think about what I want to do next year. Do I want to put my loved ones through this again after what they saw? He's got more money than he probably knows what to do with as far as, you know, he's, he's not going to necessarily need to drive a race car uh, to have a comfortable life. Will he make, you know, is, is he Lewis Hamilton level? Probably not, but <laughs> he, he's, he's doing well. Um, so you can certainly understand why that would give him a thought to, uh, to rethink what he wants to do for his future. So wish him nothing but the best, man. Whatever Romain Grosjean wants to do with the rest of his life when it comes to racing, if he never gets in a car again, uh, if he does, uh, whatever. I will always have respect for him in that regard. So uh, there you go. Uh, that is it for us on the Stagger Podcast. We will see you guys next week. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, make sure you subscribe to this if you like to listen to it. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the you know follow button, I think, on Spotify. They have something like that, same thing. Um, but especially on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a review for us there, if you can retweet something you see from Stagger occasionally, that would be helpful as well. Just get other people to know what we're doing uh, because we hope this podcast, if you enjoy it, we hope others can enjoy it too. And uh, certainly you can help us with that. So anything you can do in that regard, we greatly appreciate. Uh, for Derek, I'm JD. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, stay safe and stay staggered.